Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. HD Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hey, this is Manjula Narayan, National Books Editor, Hindustan Times, and this is the second part of my conversation with Shobha Day. Do listen in. Okay, and you know, I I like that story with a with a sort of, I mean, uh, the retired TV actress who used to be. Yes. Yeah, that's a really nice one. Uh, I, and I thought, you know, the, the way you said, uh, then though death is certain, it kind of reminded me of, I don't know, your earlier uh, stint as like a film journalist when you used to, yes. you know, you kind of created, uh, you know, that lingo. Yes. I mean, yes. You know? So talk about that. And I, it's some of your stories are peppered with that, you know. Yes. But, you know, if you have lived in Mumbai, you'll understand that this is how people continue to speak. It's such a wonderful melange of all kinds of dialects and colloquialisms. Street speak is very, very different from, uh, you know, Shuddh Hindustani or Shuddh anything for that matter. In Mumbai, every language is bastardized. And nobody complains because it reflects also the melting pot culture of the city. And uh, everyone speaks like that from, you, you, you talk about the upper, upper crust, to whoever may be working in your home, this is the language of Mumbai. It's called Bambaya. And it, it's something that continues to fascinate me a lot because language con- continues to fascinate me a lot. How people speak, how they interact, how they conduct commerce, uh, how they make love, in which language, all of it is connected. And it tells us so much about ourselves and it tells us so much about, our, in a way, our history, about our present. and. Uh, mm-hmm. This Bambaya talk, which in a way I'm the grandmother of having invented what we call, called Hinglish. Now it's the third generation that's using it, uh, is delightful on the ears. It's completely mm. wonderful. I mean, you cannot translate Bindas, for example, in any language. Bindas is Bindas. So the, mm. uh, the TV actress is also very typical of a certain, mm, I would say, um, the South Bangla, Lokanwala, Bollywood, TV, fringes of that, that crowd. They all speak like that. And uh, I find it extremely endearing. And also it shows the lady's vulnerability because she's hanging on to uh, when she was a recognized TV actress and no longer that. And, you know, it's when you, it's awful to be a has-been in any, in any field, but the, the, Performing arts are particularly cruel because there are just no roles for women, as you know. And now with this new draconian or maybe necessary uh, rule in Bollywood and in TV, uh, the Mm. shooting, which is they do not want people over 65 to come on the sets. 
they're talking about comorbidities and they don't want to take the risk and no one can insure people over 65 and they work on the sets. And of course, Hema Malini has taken it up quite seriously as have so many other mm-hmm. senior stars that it's, they're doing them out of their livelihood. A lot of character actors are in their 70s. I mean, Mr. Bachchan is mm-hmm. 77. And how can you impose uh, such an arbitrary rule? I mean, you have to put better safeguards in place. So the mm-hmm. actress in the story is not in that league at all but she is uh, she is insecure vulnerable hanging on to her old prestigious self and uh, you know getting her little kick out of the watchman tokoing a salam <laughs> okay uh, and um, uh, i thought this uh, miss ladida was a very optimistic story <laughs> yes it is optimistic because you know by the end of the series I had changed from within myself okay. and the stories also gradually changed and the tone changed. They weren't half as savage and brutal and full of rage and anger. And I think the book five and book six are definitely more mellow and more optimistic because we all need to hear that it's going to be a kinder world someday. We don't know when because we're still so much in the lockdown mode. Uh, we need to think that tomorrow, whenever tomorrow dawns, it could be two years down the line, there'll still be hope for young lovers and for flirtations and for uh, a little something which cheers you up. And uh, Miss Ladida was exactly that, that they, it's open-ended, so you don't know how that's going to go. But with you know, this whole business of uh, homeschooling, telling on young couples, a lot single parents and in this story i was very keen that the single parent is not the lady but it's a young father uh dealing with uh, a young boy who he's uh, stuck with in a way so yes these are all little vignettes from our real life observations and what we see around us which is perhaps why you know the books the stories have struck a note and they're right now lot lots of interest i hope it goes somewhere with we're doing audio books and so on. We're going to be doing theater productions and let's see if it develops into something more than that down the line because it is so real that none of these stories are in the realm of fantasy. They're what we've all seen or experienced. Hmm. I was thinking you know, this, would, this would make a nice Netflix series or something. You know? I mean. <laughs> well, I hope some Netflix uh, producer is listening into this. But yes, it is being pitched. And oh. uh, so uh, let's see where that goes. Okay. And, you know, I, I also like the fact that, you know, in the end, in the in the afterward, I think you said that you kind of thought, what would Hussein Saab do? And yes. then you kind of pushed yourself. So talk about that. You, Hussein Saab was a very, very important person in my life as a creative inspiration and also a very close family friend. And I had known him uh, for over 40 years and watched him paint and watched, spent a lot of time with his family. His family, we continue to be extremely close uh, with his daughters, Akila, Raisa, their kids, their, now his grandchildren and so on, uh, Oves, of course, and uh, Mustafa and all of them. So when I used to watch him during different crisis points, whichever those might have been, His instinct as a creative person was to pick up his brush and record that moment. 
it could have been the gulf war it could have been uh, in 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 india it, the the emergency of course he got a lot of flack for that for projecting indira gandhi as durga astride a tiger but that was his way of expressing his admiration for the lady whatever we may think of her he felt what he felt and he painted what he wanted to so i had seen him so productive so prolific and without ever missing a beat when it came to recording what he was living through what the country was living through what was immediately in his environment which inspired him he would have done exactly what i said he would he would have picked up a brush and immediately started doing his lockdown series and interpreted it in his own very unique way so i said if he could do it and when he passed he was in his 90s uh, i really have no excuse he was such a huge inspiration in my life huge impact everything he said and did was somehow so much so much larger than any reality been writing for a, for quite a while now and you continue like i said you continue to be relevant so um, and you know i think a lot of it is to do with the fact that you don't get cowed down like even in you know today's cancel culture Uh, when yes. you you say something online there are 10 people jumping on you i i've noticed that you'd never count you, you don't kind of get you know you don't get silenced so no. talk about that well the question uh, is very simple in my head that a i was, from the time i got on to social media particularly twitter which can be the nastiest out of mm-hmm. all the other platforms uh, either you decide to say your piece and uh, not engage with troll armies or you get into a tutu meme with everybody who contradicts you or has a different point of view for me it was very clear abundantly clear from the time i started to write which was more than 45 years ago that i would say my piece and i would hold my own uh, regardless i would take criticism on the chin not always easy and if there were protests that had to be combated on whichever level i would do it but i would not buckle because you you write something you should be you know you should have the the courage to stand by your own words you can't yes. backtrack you can't uh, suddenly uh, you know start kowtowing to um, whoever may be in government whichever government mm-hmm. it may be and talking mm-hmm. truth to power is one of uh, the essentials you know it's a non negotiable otherwise what mm-hmm. are we doing we're not in pr journalism at least i i was never co-opted by anybody mm-hmm. or any personality or any media house and i continue mm-hmm. with that independent tradition and i feel good about it and as far as the hate that comes with social media platforms it's a part and parcel of the of the medium itself you know mm-hmm. if you don't like the heat stay out of the kitchen as the cliche goes and i choose to stay in the kitchen <laughs> and i'm okay with the heat bring it on mm-hmm. also these trolls seem to have you know i've noticed that they seem to i don't know what it is they have this thing if you're an older woman they get into the if you're a younger woman they're sexist yeah. they they you know they mm. send violent uh, sort of threats your threats yes if you're older they're aging and you know yes. they stop you on your on, yes, on the course. Yeah, I'm used to all of it. You know, I'm used to being called a buddy. I'm used to being called old hag, menopausal, 
and I still get rape threats. So I don't know how that works. Uh, oh, oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, people who said, oh, uh, I mean, whatever, whatever happens on social media, they don't spare anybody. And women, I, I'd hate to bring in a whole victim sexist thing, but it's true that they make softer targets, right? So mm. it's much easier to try and bulldoze and bully women online, regardless of age. They insult your appearance. They insult uh, you. They insult your views. Uh, they call you all kinds of, uh, you're this one's agent, that one's agent. Uh, you get, uh, you know, you're, you're supported by this organization, that organization. And uh, above all else, uh, you know, you're a woman and uh, we'll come and behead you. We'll come and uh, blacken your face. We will, uh, of course, rape you, rape your children, uh, all of that. But, you know, you just ignore it. These are uh, anonymous, cowardly people. Why should you bother? I don't. Not for a moment. I don't let it get to me at all. I don't even read it. It's garbage. Hmm. Okay, great. So, uh, so I think that that's, we've had a great conversation. I mean, I've enjoyed it. I loved it. Yes, I loved it very much. Thank you. Thank you. And I enjoyed Lockdown Diaries as well. Oh, that so is so good to hear. <laughs> so everybody go out and get Lockdown Diaries. It's like very interesting stories, which are very now and, um, uh, and explore all sorts of dilemmas that we are all thinking about. So great. So great, Shobha. Great have, uh, having Thanks, this conversation. Manjula. Great pleasure. Okay. Bye. Bye then. And by the way, HD Smartcast has launched its first audiobook called A Spy in China, written by Yamini Pustake Bhalirao and published by Juggernaut Books. It's a topical political thriller based on the ongoing tensions between India and China. Every week from the 10th of July 2020, there's a new chapter for you to listen to. Don't miss it. Log on to www.hdsmartcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts and search for A Spy in China. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.